So as far as as far as the whole like you know good to be the king thing, um, I, I actually had like interesting tarot draws this last week, which I know is like real fucking non sequitur. Um, but yeah. uh, and I, I don't well, so is tarot, so yeah, but I, I don't like all. I mean, I, I I don't like believe in tarot. I think it's like a it's a good way to kind of like think about things that are like important in your life and it's like you know uh i uh, back a while ago when i was like job hunting i kept drawing the same card over and over again that was like yeah. a nine of pentacles or something and it's like it's like yeah don't worry like you've you've sown the seed now wait for the harvest and it's like you know this, this kind of hopeful card yeah. it's it nice because like it made me be like okay right i have put in all the work i'm gonna get this job like it's fine um, but I do it a lot when I'm kind of like, hey, I want some like, you know, just like almost like a meditative thing. Like I want some kind of like direction, stuff to think about. Um, but this last week I keep drawing, um, like I've drawn all the King cards this last week. I've done four draws and I got King of, uh, King of Cups, <laughs> King of Pentacles, King of Wands, and yesterday just pulled the King of Swords. And it's like, all right, that's weird. Like drawing all four Kings in a week, but, um, there's no real like point to that. There's not like any like, oh my God, it's mystical, but it's like, no, it's just, um, Interesting. But, uh, you want to hear a joke? No. Doesn't but matter. You're, you're uh, going to do it anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, let me buckle on my helmet and fucking shoulder pads because. A tinfoil hat wouldn't hurt at this point. Um, I line my helmet. Th this, 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 uh, I've realized my jokes are basically just psychic warfare. So. Um, Speaking of which, this is the long road. This, this is the long road. Um, I'm Sasha and I'm Trevor and, uh, and we're... we do psychological warfare. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, 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 we, yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> okay. okay I'll, I want to start off by saying this is going to be kind of a heavy episode. Um, but nonetheless, I'm in a good mood and I feel like because it's going to be some heavy material that I'm, I want to start off with a joke. And um, yeah, I, I so... apologize to all of our listeners who are about to be exposed to the psychic warfare that is my sense of humor. We all have to learn at some point. Um, and in more upbeat news, we will be talking about how to put together a go bag so that you can escape from wherever you are for three days and still have everything you need at the end of the episode. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Quasimodo decides he's going to retire. It, it, it's it's been a long time since he was first, you know, uh, the bell ringer at Notre Dame, and and I actually realize this is topical because apparently they're actually starting to reopen Notre Dame this uh, this week. Uh, the, the the cathedral, not the school. I don't know if the school's open or not. Who fucking knows? But um, they're, they're reopening the cathedral. They've rebuilt it because you know God is great, and. Uh, so anyway, Quasimodo decides he wants to retire, and it's it's you know it's it's long hours, it's backbreaking work, pun intended, and he uh, like sits down and talks to the bishops, and they're like, hey, Quasi, you you can't you can't quit, man. Like you know we we really want to have you here. You've been doing a phenomenal job. You you can't quit on us. 
He's like, no, I, I want to do something else with my life. I want to get the hell out of here. Like, let's find someone. We'll work on it together. Okay, we'll find someone we can all agree on that'll be my replacement. And so they get all these resumes that come in, and they look through all of them, and they find three that look pretty promising. And so the first guy shows up, and he's got a great resume, and he, you know, the, the bishops fucking love him. And so he gets to, you know, the top, and he starts pulling on the cords and ringing the bells, and the bishops are all excited about it, and Quasimodo's just like, ah, no, he's just, it's not right. He's lacking that, like, special something, that, 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 that the je ne sais quoi, the, you know, that little something's not right. And like, oh, okay, okay. And so they, they bring in the next guy. And uh, next guy comes up, and, and Quasi fucking loves him. He's like, oh my god, like beautiful sound from the bells. This is the exact guy I want to take over after me. But uh, all the bishops are like, but, but Quasimodo, this guy's a fucking Jesuit. We can't have a fucking <laughs> Jesuit. No, no, no. We need like a good stout Catholic here. We need someone who actually has like you know that real fucking papist belief. And so the, they say, no, we can't do this guy. So like, all right. Like, well, this is one of their guys. May looks really good. And they're sitting there and they're waiting to hear back from this guy. And there's a strange knock at the door. So they get up and they walk over and open the door. And there's this guy standing there, no arms. He's got no arms. He's like, hey, I'm here to be the new bell ringer in Notre Dame. And uh, Quasimodo kind of looks at him and is like, uh, I mean, you, you you understand what it takes to be the bell ringer in Notre Dame. He kind of like, you know, pantomimes pulling the rope. And, and he's like, yeah, no, he's like, yeah, I understand what it takes. And, uh, you know, you see my resume. You know that I have these like glowing recommendations. So you, you got to kind of trust me at this point. Like, let me show you what I can do. They say, all right, fine. And they bring him to the top of the tower, and he gets there. He kind of lowers himself down, and he sprints forward, slams headfirst into the first bell. Boom. Beautiful, beautiful, crystal clear tone, just echoing out across all of Paris. It's a fucking amazing sound. And you're like, wow, okay. And he like leans his head down and runs, boom, right into the second bell. Same thing, crystal clear tone. Sounds amazing. Ducks his head down, runs right at the third bell, misses the third bell, goes tumbling off the side of Notre Dame, slams down in the cobblestones on the street below, dies instantly, just dead. They all go downstairs. They're mortified. You know, they're like, oh my god. They walk outside, and the bishops and Quasi, they look, they look at this guy on the cobblestones, like, when the bishops goes, Quasi Moda, do we even get this guy's name? He goes, I, I have no idea, but his face rings a bell. So the next day, no. Quasimodo is sitting there, and the bishops are sitting no. with him, and they just—they they, oh they have this just like somber mood. It's just setting deep on them. They—they they don't know what to do. It's just like uh, there's, it was a tragedy. Like oh my god, like, and they're just like, okay, well we need to still like get this search going again and just find something else, you know. And and suddenly there's another strange knock at the door, and so they get up and walk over and open up the door. The guy's standing there, no arms. And they look at him like, You died. Like, what, what, how, how is this possible? And he's like, No, 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 no. It was my twin brother who was here yesterday. And we made a pact that no matter what, one of us would be the new bell ringer of Notre Dame. And since my, my dear brother is now uh, deceased, like, I, I, I want to be the bell ringer of Notre Dame. And he kind of like, hippedly gestures toward his belt he's like i have my resume in here you'll see it's just as good as my brother's like 
Uh, and they're like, okay, so I mean, you you know how your brother died, right? He's like, no, I understand. I, I you know take full responsibility for my own actions, and I I, I promise you that I I can do this. I will be the new bell ringer of Notre Dame. And they say, okay, and they bring him up to the tower. And he gets up there and he lowers his head down and goes sprinting forward into the first bell. Beautiful tone. Runs straight into the next bell. Beautiful tone. Runs straight into the third bell. <gasps> he hits it. Beautiful tone. Just rings out across Paris. It is uh, magnifique. Runs to the fourth bell. Misses. Goes tumbling off a tower. Lands on the cobblestones. Dies instantly. Dead. So Quasimodo and the bishops, they, they go downstairs and they walk outside and they look at him and they go, Quasi, did you get this guy's name? He goes, I, I, I didn't get his name, but he's a dead ringer for his brother. So the no. next day, the next day, yeah. they're sitting there. They're sitting there inside and they, oh God, they feel fucking miserable. This is like two days in a fucking row now. And they're just, just God, I feel like miserable. Just, just, just they, they, imagine how they feel. Fuck. And so they, they just, it's, they're distraught and they are sitting there just like lamenting this. And they hear a strange knock at the door. Quasimodo gets up and just grabs the bar, slams it down, locking the door shut. And they're like, Quasimodo, why did you do that? And he goes, trust me, I have a hunch. (sighs) Psychic warfare. You need a moment? (laughs) 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 Ah. I told that to two people recently, and both of them, this is not a joke, grabbed a fly swatter separately. Like, I told the one person they grabbed a fly swatter. Told the next person they grabbed a fly swatter. It was fucking amazing. Um, I hate this so much. (laughs) (laughs) I I hate that it makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. It, it, it's it's puns. I mean, they're they're only fun for the teller of the pun. For everyone else, they're just kind of like, uh, like stepping on a Lego and then just kind of laughing because like, ah, boy, that happened. Ha ha. <laughs> Nobody does that when they step on a Lego. I do that. I don't know. <laughs> Say, so you want to talk about um the fires that are destroying half of this fucking country and the uh of personality around a mythological figure that is leading to a fascist genocide in the U.S. <sighs> uh, I cannot believe I let you start with that. Uh, <clears throat> fuck. It's a fire season, am I right? Do you you still need a moment? (laughs) (laughs) 
Fuck you. Uh, I hate you so much. Yeah, I know, baby. Uh, all right, so uh, I'll just dive into it. Um, so we've made it pretty clear on this pod that we we both live in the West, and um, shit's not good right now. I mean, shit's shit's on no. fire, yo. Um, um, it's very on fire. It's so uh, on fire. It is, in fact, oh, more on fire than anybody who is alive has ever seen it. Uh, uh, and perhaps more on fire than it's ever been. Potentially. Um, as we speak, uh, you know, and, and there are no like good consistent reports, but it sounds like significant portions of the town of Medford have burned um, in uh, the town of Medford in Oregon. And basically everything between the towns of uh, Ashland and Medford has burned. Yep. Um so there were two small towns in between, in particular, uh, Phoenix, Oregon, and Talent, um, that are essentially destroyed. Um, yeah. So, and that happens to be actually one of the smallest fires in Oregon right now. The larger ones are farther north. Uh, there's a very large one uh, near Roseburg, uh, which is a, a major city in southern Oregon. Um I mean, just the, other, the photos coming out from Salem right now where there's just yeah. these blood red skies. Wow. I saw one that was like, this is at noon, no filter, and it's just yeah. blood red so sky. Yeah, that photo's been going around, which for, for people who would like to understand that a little bit better, what's going on is uh, because of the smoke, the only light waves that can penetrate the smoke are the red light waves. So, um, so that's why... Uh, the sky looks uh, red, um, even at midday, uh, particularly at midday. So the thing is, Southern Oregon is actually less on fire than Northwestern Oregon, which is highly unusual. Yeah. Um, normally, Southern Oregon is more on fire than the rest of the state. Uh, there is a large fire um, in the Cascades, almost directly east of, east of Eugene and Springfield. And then farther yeah, I'm north, seeing like Mackenzie Bridge had like a level three evacuation <laughs> today, so it's uh, yeah mandatory um, evacuation essentially for this. Uh, yeah, the, uh, towns getting closer and closer to the Eugene Springfield area. And so just the, the eastern, going. yeah, the easternmost neighborhood in Springfield is called Thurston, and uh, it's in what's called a level one, um, a level one evacuation. Uh, which is to, uh, evacuation warning, which is to say, get ready. Um, because get your go the bag fire... and get in the car. Well, no, get your go well, bag in the car. <laughs> according to the government, it's get your go bag in the car. Uh, level two is uh, start driving if you have a place. Uh, and level three is get the fuck out now. Yeah. Um, it's um, It's an irritating warning system. I don't like it. I was talking to a friend today about how in a lot, because they use kind of the hokey phrase, you know, like, uh, you know, um, ready, set, go. That's sort of the hokey phrase that's being used for the different, you know, to differentiate the three levels. And I think it's really, this is one of the problems with governments generally is that they use government speak. And a lot of time government speak um, underemphasizes the danger of something because they're unwilling to use the actual phrase you know, phrases and language that regular people are going to to use to like 
say that something's super dangerous. They're not going to um, say leave now or you're going to die. Um, yeah. Even though that's kind of what they mean. Yeah. Um, so level three is get the fuck out now um, because we can't help you if you don't. Um, so this is this area is like right in the middle of the Cascades in Oregon. Um, it's moving toward Eugene and Springfield at a high rate. Eugene uh, and Springfield have uh, the worst air quality on the planet right now uh, as a yeah, result of the like smoke. And the literal the worst bottom, on the planet. Right, <laughs> the literal worst on the planet, planet, and they're at the very bottom of the Willamette Valley. So in a place where the air is always stagnant, this is particularly bad. But it yeah. gets even worse farther the farther north you go. So the, the government sees it as three separate fires. If you look at a map, it's really actually two separate fires, uh, that two of them are actually basically one giant you know, forest fire, wildfire complex that cuts from one side of the Cascades to the other. And that is the fire that is almost directly east of Salem. Um, and, so and then there is I've been the, talking about Oregon then I mean there, there is these these fires have just been going for months now across the entirety of California um, right. And, and right now I mean like the, the 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 creek fire right now it's creating its own fucking uh, oh I tried to remember this earlier pyrocumulonimbus pyrocumulonimbus cloud basically a thunderhead it's it's the the smoke has been so intense it created its own thunderhead um, and you can look at this online, and it is mind blowing. This cloud that has been created by just the smoke from this, with the heat from this one fire, yeah. and that's not the only time we've seen like uh, the the these weather events being created by fires. Like fucking Nevada had a fire tornado warning, and as we discussed on a previous <laughs> episode, I, I've been to Burning Man. I've seen the little like fire twisters that come up from big fires. Like, that's not surprising to me. This was not yeah. that. This was a fire so intense that it was creating its own weather powers, weather and patterns, and creating an actual self-sustained tornado made of fire. That's global warming. I, I mean, um, fuck, people warm up for fucking years. It's like, this is just, it's, yeah. he, it's here. <laughs> it's it's yeah. here. Let's, let's all, um, this is the new yeah. normal. This is the new normal, and it's terrifying. Um, which the new normal threatens some of the largest areas uh, in in the region. Um, Fucking redwoods burned are... down. That's that, yeah. that like that broke my heart. That's one of the places I like hiked a lot as a kid. Um, that um, the area kind of I think it's I think it's a little bit north of Redding, um, where there's some of like the real <clears throat> big uh, Great Sequoia. Yeah. Um, so there are still how... other redwood. Like not well, all the redwood. Has no, no, been, no. And, yeah. and honestly, it sounds like the actual the, the giant sequoia are fine. Um, they, they are designed to survive wildfires. That's something that happens yeah. there a lot. Well, but the area around them, these parks, these forests that have been built around them, um, are. Uh, I, I don't want to say irreparably destroyed because, again, these are areas that had historic wildfires and did come back. Yeah. But for for the rest so, of my lifetime, they're not going to be the same. Well, and this gets to a lot of things about these fires, right? So they're threatening areas they didn't threaten before. Um, like at this point, uh, almost all of the major metropolitan areas in Oregon are like, if things go the worst they can possibly go, all the major metropolitan areas in Oregon could be faced with 
actual fires uh, coming down from the mountains. With I think the um, one exception of Portland, just because it is a large enough area that the um, the metropolitan hub of Portland will likely not be threatened. Hard to say because the metropolitan hub. So there are three major counties that make up the Portland area. Um, so Multnomah County is the major one, the center of it. There's also Washington County to the west, and then there's Clackamas County, which is to the southeast. In Clackamas County, the entire county is under different levels of evacuation orders right now, evacuation yeah. warnings. Uh, and the town of Estacada, which is to the southeast of uh, Portland, is now being evacuated. It's at a level three order. So... Um, Again, if things go the worst they possibly can, and we have to remember this is 2020, um, it could, know, it, it could you, actually threaten it. You know what? I'm actually yeah. tired of that. I'm tired of the whole, like, this is 2020. Yeah, I know. Because, no, because the, 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 there is, I think, really this, this, this mindset and this hope of, like, God, we make it through this year and we're okay. Oh, no. And no, we're not. <laughs> um, no. I mean, and it's not even just like the liberal fantasy of like we elect Joe Biden and we're okay because that's – boy, that's not fucking true. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden can't put forest fires out either. Only you can prevent forest fires. No. Um, <sighs> I mean, so that gets at, to... at least stop having fucking gender reveal parties with fucking explosives out in the fucking woods. I mean, um, that would help. just stop having gender reveals at all, but yeah. Okay, yeah. the, the, the Lack two of me- fireworks. The, sorry, yeah. not quite a non sequitur. Tangential. Um, the two memes I've seen that actually really kind of give me a decent chuckle earlier today um, yeah. is one is saying that uh, at this point, uh, gender reveal parties have actually destroyed more property than the Black Lives Matter movement, which is hilarious. Um, and yeah. so that is, I mean, and it's saying the Black Lives Matter movement destroyed property. That's not true, but. It's it, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 a funny meme, and um, the other one is saying that you know like you know, know right winger folks are being like, oh my, why, why are all these you know like progressives so obsessed about gender, and at the same time they're not burning down the fucking forest because they're concerned about what kind of fucking shade their child's yeah. genitals are gonna be. Yeah, I mean it's like patriarchy caused that forest fire. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, if we don't burn and, down the West, how are we going to know it's a boy? <laughs> yeah. So I think that also gets to some issues um, yeah. that people don't really talk about when it comes to this. So right now, there are a bunch of evacuations going on. There are a bunch of areas that are really affected by the smoke. Uh, and we're going to talk more about that. But I also want to like... You know, one of the things we try to do here is take a big picture perspective on things when we can. Um, and yeah. I think what people need to understand about the forest fires out here is that it's a lot of different conditions coming together, right? Yeah. So it's been one of the driest uh, summers uh, in decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a windstorm that started on Monday night. Well, and it was um, a really Labor Day this year as well. Right. You had a dry um, winter out west. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the drought is still going on. Uh, we don't talk about it very much anymore, but the drought is still going on. That's been going on for almost 15 years now, I think. Um, but uh, so you had those conditions and you had this windstorm that was one of those 
uh, like one in a century windstorms, which means that really they're going to be a lot more coming. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I got to just say, I love the whole like, this is a once gen- once in a generation fire season. And I think of the, like the Simpsons thing of like once in a generation so far. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... um, so we have these things that are so like, you know, the drought may not have been caused by global warming, but certainly it has been exacerbated by global warming. Um, and, uh, these high wind events, um, though there is no like clear, like direct line to global warming can pretty much be, you can still lay the blame at global warming's feet on this one. I mean, it's Um, always been that push to rename it as climate change because it, it creates, creates these, you know, increased, uh, intense weather events. Yeah. The the Duraco we saw Um, earlier this summer, um, the fucking wildfires in fucking Australia last year. The, yeah. The still burning Amazon. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And hurricanes that are he- hitting the East coast. And two hurricanes. Right we have two hurricanes yeah. at once. That's that, that's, that's, that's never happened in my lifetime. I'm impressed by it. I mean, honestly, like the, there is, I, I get the impulse to say, boy, this year has given us all it's fucking got, but this is just yeah. like, everything's going to keep getting more, uh, intense and yeah yeah and when and when next year we have another once in a generation fire season we should really start talking about that and by we i mean like literally everybody all at once and maybe with mobs in the street yeah well definitely need more mobs in the street uh but not right now because we don't want people to breathe in all this smoke if they don't have to um yeah, so if you're the other area thing, that you can breathe outside, um, go fight the government. Go fight the please. government, Jesus Christ. Um, so the other like super important thing to pay attention here, pay attention to here though, is that um, the national forests or the national forest service, like just to give people a little bit of the background, the national forest service is actually a subdivision of the uh, Department of Agriculture. And a lot of people may not know that. They may be like, oh, why? that seems weird. Forests aren't farms. Well, they are actually. Um, They are actually. Oh, God, um, are we going to get the logging? Well, yeah, a little bit. We have to. Because uh, there's been about an 80-year forest, you know, forest policy out west in particular um, that has been that policy has been to put out every fire over the last 80 years, put out every fire. Um, so in a region that historically had a fire season every year, uh, and that, you know, this is a real problem ecologically. So the problem is that fires like burn the understory of these, what at one time were old growth forests. And so old growth forests in the Pacific Northwest are usually pretty clear on the bottom. There's not a whole lot of debris. It's mostly like ferns and Oregon grape and in, in like devil's club in the wet, in the wetter areas. Like these are sort of like really green, um, shade, uh, you know, shade loving plants. Um, and they have to love shade because the canopy, uh, you know, the, the canopy of the forest from all these like really tall trees, you know, Douglas firs and, uh, 
and spruce trees. Not much oak, but um, but some but some oak uh, in some places. Um, a lot of pine trees, like. So when fires went through these places, it wasn't actually such a big deal. It wouldn't burn the trees down because there wasn't a whole lot of fuel on the ground because, you know, there was probably a fire like five years ago. Um, There wasn't much fuel to burn. The fires were not particularly hot. Therefore, you know, the trees were able to survive it. The soil beneath was able to survive um, because the temperatures didn't get, you know, so hot. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and then fires would put more like carbon matter back into the soil and like it plays a huge part in the ecosystem uh, in northwestern forests. Um, well, I mean, and there's sort of a, uh, a counter side of that, too, which is when there's the fires in like the high desert area of the Pacific Northwest where there is. Uh, I mean, historically, there are fires, you know, that are caused by lightning strikes, mostly. Um, that usually sweep through, and same thing, they clear out some underbrush. But this area is not the sort of uh, uh, dense forest area that you kind of expect when you think of like Pacific Northwest. These are, you know, flat, yeah. high desert areas with volcanic rock that mostly have sage or other sort of like shrubby growth growing there. And the main right. problem has been that uh, invasive plants, particularly cheatgrass, have been growing like wildfire. Uh, um, everywhere and the problem is cheatgrass grows back every single year so well historically you would have had one of these fires every five years that clears everything out now we're having fires not even just every year but multiple times a year that burn through and one of the bigger problems this is causing is that these fires do kill sage and other local plants sage is what i'm focusing on because sage plants take uh, decades to fully grow to maturity. And so when these plants are gone, they're being replaced by cheatgrass and other fast burning uh, material that ends up eating up the water supply. And so kind of the plants that are resilient to fire naturally are not able to regrow when you have these flash fires that burn through these swaths of desert. Right. Um, and for people who are not particularly aware with the Pacific Northwest, um, the eastern two-thirds of Oregon and Washington um, are, to varying degrees, uh, high desert and uh, arid grassland. So um, most of the fires in Washington right now, for example, are in eastern Washington in those arid grasslands. Yep. Um, and so far have not really taken off in the mountains except a little bit uh, near Mount Rainier. But um, the the point we're, we're getting at, though, is that um, historically for this region, for the Western, uh, for Western North America, um, forest fires are, have been an extremely important part of the ecological pattern that uh, maintains the ecosystem, uh, and it's part of yeah. the process. So, what happens when you stop that process for eighty years? Well, a lot of stuff gets left on the ground, right? Um, and so, more fuel to a fire means that it burns longer, it burns hotter, uh, and you know, fucking, when- I'll say it. Trump was right. We should rake the forests. 
The thing is, if you're going to pursue a policy, if you're going to pursue a policy of not allowing things to burn, then that is in fact what you have to do. And the the real world example of this is European for, uh, forestry practices, where uh, in Germany and France, for example, that is exactly what they do. They go and remove all of the underbrush uh, instead of allowing fires to do it. Um, there are issues with that too, but uh, if you're going to pursue a policy of not allowing fires to burn, then um, if you want to prevent whatever fires you can't control from being as destructive, then yeah, you have to get rid of the you know the the underbrush. Problem is, is that America is way bigger than you know American forests are way bigger than German and French forests, and so you have to like it's impossible. You can't rake it. Well, and, and the way we've usually dealt with that historically here in like the West has been controlled burns. Um, which is a problem because you can't do controlled burns when you have a drought going on and one of the hottest summers on record. Because controlled burns, despite the fact that they are supposed to be controlled, can spread. And so you can't have as much controlled burning as we actually need to keep this restricted. And you combine that with the fact that you have folks out here, you know, going camping this summer because they've been cooped up because of corona and they want to get out yeah. and they want to go camp and they might not put their fire out all the way because they're idiots or they might go out and go shooting out in the woods and end up shooting at some fucking rocks with steel jacketed ammo and set off a huge cloud of sparks and not pay attention to it or God, i saw one fucking story and i don't remember where the fuck it was but apparently it was someone had a barbecue and like had like a grill they had out with them and like thought it was all the way out and put it back in the car and started driving and then decided like, oh, like, oh shit, it's still burning. And so they dumped it out the back of the car and kept driving. That's one of the, one of the smaller ones. It was like, it was, it was one of the ones that was contained if I remember yeah. right, but it was just like, people are fucking idiots. Um, Some people. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sticking with George Carlin on this one. People are fucking dumb. Um, it's, I think this is a problematic argument. Um, <laughs> uh, and for more you can listen to our episode on ecofascism uh yeah so <laughs> that that was the really quick rundown on on what a lot of this history is so why why do we not allow things to burn um the main reason why the forest policy uh, in the West is to put out all fires and to not allow fires to burn uh, is the result of capitalism. Uh, and you might ask, oh, well, what, you know, how does forestry get connected to that? Well, the reason forestry in America operates the way it does is for the preservation of timberlands, particularly private timberlands, but also uh, public timberlands, which are the national forests, uh, which do private sales. So um, private companies still profit off of public timberlands. Um, and so when it comes to the defense, uh, when it comes to firefighting, uh, most wildland uh, firefighting operations, their primary goal is preserving private timberland. Um, because in the Pacific Northwest, timber is big, big business. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've probably talked about earlier how, um, 
there are these swaths in Oregon you can see when you're like flying over it where there's just forest, 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 and then all of a sudden it's just gone. And there's just yeah. these flat hilltops. And there's a yeah. spot that, that uh, up in like northern Oregon that you and I used to go out shooting, and it was like gorgeous forest driving through it. And then after a winter, drove up there, and it was just gone. The, yeah. the, the, the hilltops cleared. Just nothing yeah. but stumps as far as the eye can fucking see. It's, it's a big enough in problem. In any other the, world, like it would look like a, you know, like no man's land, and in, in you know, in some industrial war zone. Which I mean, you could, I mean, if you take like a you know green black view on it, that's what it is. But um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it that, is. that's a lot yeah. of what like the green black anarchists. That's how they would describe it. It's you know, this is, and I mean, like I, I've I've quoted from Ishmael before on here, but like I mean, <clears throat> Ishmael the, the the book talks about like how. Uh, they don't put it in the sense of uh, capitalism. They talk still, though, about uh, this sort of drive we've deemed is necessary for us to dominate the environment around us, to be the the kings of the environment around us, that yeah. we must rule over it and bend it to our will. And that because of that, we find ourselves at war with the environment that we live in. As opposed to, you know, any sort of like, hey, we can, you know, we, we, we can have things that work for us and we can make changes in our lives to actually live in harmony with the environment we live in as hippy dippy as that sounds. And instead, we are like, no, we will dominate it. We will chop down the forest when we need to. We will stop the fires. We will make this world ours. And that's a very capitalist mindset. And yeah, I, I, I got. I, I think about like one of the. And it's not just like you know that it affects the environment; it affects people as well. I, I think about you know right. the, the timberlands. Well, people are part of the environment. We, we are. We're part it. of the yeah. environment. We're not separate from we it. We're part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. There, uh, there was a um, uh, one of the places I lived up in Oregon. There was this uh. A nude beach that was nearly impossible to get to and the reason it was nearly impossible to get to um because I mean, i'm not a nudist but sometimes it's nice to get like a full body tan it's it's delightful especially when you live in somewhere <laughs> especially when you live somewhere as fucking cloud ridden as oregon i mean hey I, again I, I, harmony the environment or everything but if we could figure out some kind of like anti-cloud seeding thing to break up the clouds above oregon i'd fucking live <laughs> there again that'd be wonderful anyway um the <laughs> the 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 Go, trying to get to the beach um, became impossible, though, because there was a um, timber company that bought the uh, sections of – it wasn't national forest. It was state forest that people would like hike through to get to the beach. And because they didn't want people hiking through their forest, they erected fences around it and put up no trespassing signs and said, no, you can't come here. And they essentially cut off access to this, you know, this is beach area. And was like, yeah, no, like there's, there was no other way to access it. And so in order to get to the nude beach, you had to, you know, well, you had to uh, um, <clears throat> commit a trespass. Um, and it was just sad, you know, it, it, it yeah. was, it was just like a, I mean, a, a delightful spot. It was, you know, along a river, it was beautiful. There was, you know, 
nice little coves along the beaches, and you could just sit and relax, and it was just cut off because some company decided they owned the land yeah. that you needed to get there. You know, it's another dimension of property being theft. It's always they, theft. You know, they didn't they didn't have to own the beach uh, to deny you at least legal access to it. They didn't want the fucking beach. Um, no trees grew there. No. Um. So it's a. Uh, in the Pacific Northwest, there are a lot of environmental battles going on, but probably one of the biggest one ones is uh, forest defense. Yeah. Um, and as you like, and people can look into it and they can find out just how bad this gets. Um, and it can get even worse. So I. Uh, another really important thing to pay attention to here is that forests are they are the lungs of the planet, right? They, you know, they convert carbon dioxide into oxygen. And on a planet where we have and, and they increasingly sequ- high they, levels They sequester of, carbon dioxide. They, they right, exactly. turn it into plants as well, which is really important. Right. <laughs> um, and so not only are those trees no longer going to be there to sequester the carbon, but because they're being burned and at such high temperatures, that can turn into some rather efficient burning. Uh, it can produce uh, a lot more carbon dioxide um, than if there had just, you know, than if there had just not been trees there at all. So, um, it's bad. It's um, really bad. Um, the more wild, I mean, and this is, you know, I guess not necessarily discussing wildfires, but have you seen any of the stuff coming out of uh, Siberia right now? With no, their- I haven't. There's like multiple like hundred foot deep, like three hundred foot wide craters they found that are just like, oh, the permafrost is exploding. <laughs> the the, <sighs> the methane's being released. Like Yeah. The, okay, the, the, yeah. the, the runaway catastrophe <clears throat> that again we've been fucking warning you about for goddamn years is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um and at this point, um, at this point, if you're betting on it, which you shouldn't, but um, wait, why not? I like we, betting on stuff. We we've gotten into bet? like what are, irreversible. What are we doing? Huh? We've run into irreversible climate change at this point. Um, another important thing to note is that these particular effects that we're having right now are the result of carbon dioxide that was emitted 30 years ago. Yeah. If we stop, if we stopped emitting carbon dioxide today and never emitted any more again we would still have another 30 years of things getting worse. Yeah. Um, it's a very real possibility that there is no coming back. Um, and I would say that that is probably the, the general conclusion among yeah. um, certainly radical environmentalists and also environmental scientists. You know what uh, I'm pissed scientists. off at? So. Every goddamn time I think <laughs> about it. The fact that, like, Elon Musk and Bezos and what's his fucking name from Virgin Airlines? 
uh, yeah. have these like grandiose plans to terraform Mars to the point where like old, old Muskie is still coming out and saying like, oh yes, Phil, we are going to you know have this uh, this this colonization program and, and maybe some people will die and it's it's okay, it's going to happen and it's like if you're planning to fucking terraform another planet, can we start here? I mean, I'm still a fucking utopian futurist. I would love to learn yeah. how to terraform, but the thing is, we have a great fucking learning experience here. Can we undo this shit and make this planet fucking livable again? And I don't know if we can. I'd love to see some of those people who don't want to just fucking flee the planet to go live in the fucking space in the space. Yeah, Yeah. well, the answer to that question that we have to assume right now is no. You know, until... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... That gets... Uh, So we could go on and on about forest fires um and we probably will keep talking about it because they're not gonna fucking stop (laughs) yeah they're not gonna stop but hard pivot Um, down since we started talking about the the super wealthy elites and what they're up to can we do a hard pivot talking about QAnon? uh well i think between you and me you are the master of transitions um I, I really thought you were going to say conspiracy theories. Um. That too. So um, tell me more. Uh, so uh, those of you who did not immediately put on your tinfoil caps when I started the psychic warfare at the beginning of the episode. Um, it didn't may, help me. It doesn't help. It never helps. Um may not know what QAnon is, despite the fact that it's been all over pretty much every podcast I've listened to for the last, like, month. And um, ours. And ours. Well, we, we, we've discussed it briefly. Um, most because I find it yeah. just hilarious until this last bit of uh, QAnon rallies that have been going on around the fucking globe um which is a a scary new phenomenon i mean seeing people in germany waving qanon flags is weird there's a flag now it's just the letter q with an it's an american flag painted letter q on a black background jesus get better at design um i mean the the the, the, the qanon folks are actually really good at fucking uh iconography uh they're good at pattern recognition uh they're good at uh uh let's say creative thought um i'm surprised they don't have a better flag you are being incredibly generous <laughs> no um, they, they they have they have an amazing the, the people who are into QAnon shit have amazing creative minds um because otherwise this shit would sound like absolute fucking dog drivel which is to me, with my less creative mind, what it fucking sounds like. So uh, yeah. I'm gonna just do the 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 kind of most bare bones rundown on the QAnon conspiracy theory collective like, as I two can. Two sentences. Two sentences. Two sentences. That's a fucking challenge. I know um, it's a challenge, but I'm so tired of hearing about them. Okay, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually use four sentences. I'm gonna say sentence one, period, and then say okay. it. Then, okay. All right. So, uh, uh, sentence one. They believe in a conspiracy among the elite to traffic 
children eat their brains and drink their blood so that they can get adrenochrome, which will give them immortality. Sent- blood libel. All right. Sentence two, they believe that somehow this information is being given to them by either a clone or the son of JFK, as well as maybe someone who traveled back through time. Oh, and is fighting the deep state um, alongside Donald Trump for. Oh, that's probably the more important state reasons. Quality. Yeah. That probably is. Because honestly, that's what I want to focus on is the idea that they are fighting this um, supposed deep state that exists. Because well, so... there is a deep state in this country. It's called the fucking intelligence community. Um, yeah. Hi, boys. Now you're listening in. Um, but uh, how can they not? They have to. It's their job. Um, but the 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 idea. I mean, so can you explain the Turkish deep state thing better than I can? Because Turkey is one of the few places that actually has like a legitimate deep state. I I don't know nearly enough to say anything about it. Uh, just synopsis. Then there basically was a network of people throughout the Turkish government who all uh, followed the commands of the, uh, I believe it was the president. Um, and just basically like yeah, like in every branch of the government, there was someone doing what the president wanted them to do, not what they're okay. you know, elected yeah. or. Uh, appointed uh, their appointed position was but they were doing something else and that's like yeah that's the kind of the idea of a deep state that there can't yeah there can be that or a deep state that has a mind of its own that works against uh you know that works against the people which is kind of more what the QAnon thing seems to claim well and it's honestly i think Um, a little bit kind of what we actually have here in this country is you know i think we do have um uh, a collection of intelligence agencies who are deeply in bed with um, uh, what, what Smedley Butler called the military-industrial complex, um, who promote those interests above those of the American people, um, and have and anybody else and anybody else. Yeah. Well, I think they all have their own private interests. Um, sure, but um, they're perfectly happy killing foreigners so like oh and and americans yeah. too i mean yeah yeah um I mean, you know you know what week this is right oh come on it it it's it, 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 these these are the days leading up to 9 11 um <laughs> what is 9 11 uh, i don't even yeah um it's it, 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 well but but th- there is and we we've had our conspiracy talk on a previous episode, and uh, it's important to talk, I think, about the actual like roots of QAnon. Um, there is some maybe reputable evidence coming out now that it appears to have been started. Um, I mean, it started on 4chan. It moved to 8chan. Um, it looks potentially like the founder of 8chan is either the guy who's been doing the Q drops or at least knows who the person who's been doing the Q drops are, which is these like, you know, cryptic information dumps by someone who says they are a, uh, an infiltrator to the deep state. Someone in the, like the, the highest echelons of government who is yeah. releasing these secret information packets to the, the, the masses writ large 
explaining, you know, that there is this uh, uh, horrible conspiracy among the elite, um, which is not backed up by any hard evidence and uh, is following kind of classic cult tactics of um, telling their followers that disinformation is actually part of the releases. So if they get faulty information, that's part of it. And it's it, it's it's grown beyond the original conspiracy, but I still do want to talk about what that was, which is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this sort of conspiracy of um, that there is a group of the elite, and this kind of sprung out from like the Pizzagate stuff, um, the elite, particularly yeah. Democrats, progressives, and uh, the Hollywood elite. Um, which, which, what that means can vary depending on which fucking QAnon person you're talking to, um, who, uh, are engaged in, uh, satanic, uh, pedophilic rituals where they, uh, abuse and eat children. Um, and that can be from people who actually legitimately look at, like, the Epstein stuff and say, holy shit, there is, like, this guy who has all these ties to, like, yeah. the, the elite in society. I mean, it, it's yeah. Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, fucking um, Chris Rock. I mean, come on. Like, people yeah. we care about. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, but people who, we, 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 who are very much um, uh, elites in society who has been exposed, I mean, I guess not legally exposed because uh, he um, – committed suicide uh in, in a, a massive like child prostitution ring where he would uh, groom these young girls and have them seduce and have sex with these powerful figures what not um, seduce i i I, but... I i use that term in the sense of they were basically forced to engage in sexual acts with people and there is some indication that it was used for blackmail purposes. So um, seduce in I the honeypot yeah. sense of the word, not in the sense that they were being seductive, <laughs> but in the sense that they were used to. Um... I think we can just say that they were used to get blackmail. I, I think like, and that's what the operation looks like. It probably was in addition to being a, you know, child prostitution ring yeah yeah you know that has lots of rich well, and uh, like, uh, famous uh, people somehow connected to the people who are the center of this ring i mean lots and lots of powerful people and that's the problem is because like when you talk about the QAnon stuff you have to talk about epstein because like in the midst of like the, the QAnon conspiracy started back in fucking 2016 it kind of started during the presidential campaign and I mean, I still think it was a, a phenomenal, like, OPSEC planning of basically starting this conspiracy that Hillary Clinton and Podesta and all these other folks were involved in this. Um, so that when people later on pointed out, like, yeah, but wasn't, like, Trump, like, best buddies with Epstein? That it's like, well, yeah, but so was – so were all these Democrats, da, 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 da. which, I mean, my, my response is fucking hang them all, but uh. – yeah. I mean, if that can be proven, fucking hang them all, like, legally speaking, like, like, hold a trial and hang them all. Um, yeah. But 
that sort of mentality is also where the problems with QAnon start. Because QAnon's not asking for trials. They have uh, names. They have these lists of people. There's uh, a kind of like a fake list of like uh, basically a, a, a fake flight log from one of like the Epstein flights that's gone around on the internet now that all the QAnon folks believe, which is um, it's it, it's 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 not proven. It's not really real, and it has a whole bunch of prominent Democrats' names on it. And yeah. it's I mean there are proven flight logs. I mean again I I joked about you know Chris, yeah. Chris Rock earlier, but like he's on a flight log with Epstein going to fucking Africa to like do some children's benefit thing there. I mean, uh... like there there is some legit fucked up shit that is legitimately going on that you can't deny. You can't ignore because ignoring it's fucking terrible and impossible. Yeah. yeah. But that is being manipulated by certain people to change the focus from what is a uh, legitimate effort to protect children into a political agenda to demonize opponents. And that um, is... And dehumanize them. You mentioned blood libel earlier. And I did. We've, of course, had discussions about this before, but can you just give a like two sentence what blood libel is? Blood libel is usually specifically referring to a longstanding libel, essentially, um, by Christians in particular against Jews, uh, that um, Jewish people uh, like stole Christian children and like killed them and drank their blood and did like satanic rituals that involved, uh, stealing and murdering children. All right. That was three sentences unless you're using a semicolon. Um, semicolon (laughs) that that, I did that. Um, but with with the same, um, I mean, very much the same, type of libel that there is this uh conspiracy of folks who uh ritualistically satanically uh, uh abuse children so that they can drink their blood and get the uh sweet sweet adrenochrome that's in the blood that gives them immortality um jesus i mean that that shit's been talked about by fucking like alex jones for years now Mm-hmm. Um, it's been talked about by all these fucking QAnon folks. There is yeah. like th- 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 so the same libel has been I, transposed though on a different community. Exactly. Um, and it's been, so this particular libel now, what we've seen, especially in the last weekend, and we've started to see bits of it on Twitter is essentially fascists, uh, using, uh, an old, a version of this libel uh, that has been deployed by fascists and by conservatives, particularly the religious conservatives, um, against queer people. Um, So uh, for decades, probably longer than that, 
Um, I mean, we go back and conservatives. Talk about, we, and, we talk about the satanic panic a little bit. I mean, the fact that, like, yeah. just, I mean, just briefly, briefly, back in the eighties, there was this <laughs> sense that there were these satanic rituals going on that were, you know, harming children and killing children, and the people who ended up bearing the brunt of this, who were targeted and attacked because of this, were usually queer individuals or people of color. Um, that yeah. was who the like violence in fear of that there are these oh satanic cults around the country. Which I mean, fucking watch old X Files. They deal with this shit where it's like, yeah, it's like, ooh, there's Satanist. Ooh. Yeah. Um and so this has been a libel but that has been levied against queer people for a long time, uh, by conservatives and by fascists. Uh you know, as part of their rhetoric to um, demonize and dehumanize uh, queer people and to deny them, you know, deny us, um, because I am, you know, a queer person myself, deny us uh, any level of um, legal legitimacy uh, in particular, but also any sort of cultural legitimacy that would allow us to, I don't know, live our lives without having to be afraid that we're going to be lynched by a mob. Um, There's something that I, I, I've seen online uh, in, I, I, I've like personally seen the, these posts and I, you know, I, I, I used to go on like 4chan a lot for a lot of reasons, the majority of which for the last bunch of years has been kind of just to see what the fucking alt-right is up to and um i mean some interesting stuff there uh i've definitely seen sort of like the the beginnings of the q on shit with the pizzagate stuff like before it kind of came into the forefront of media um i totally saw someone like basically saying they were going to report to the fbi that there was some piss tape about donald trump and that was months before that came out in the fucking uh, Steel dossier. And I've seen a lot of folks on the alt-right saying that they're going to go amongst like LGBTQ forums and advocate extremely strong for uh, uh, pedophilia being included in that group. It was in, 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 in a determined effort to delegitimize queer movements in in an effort to tie those things together in, in what is basically an actual fucking, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a psyop, right? It's It's them trying to create this discourse. And you saw that at some of these QAnon rallies where there Mm -hmm. are people holding up signs like, you know, uh, LGBTQ has no room for pedophilia. And it's, it's like, that shouldn't be a fucking discussion. It's but not there, a discussion. But there are folks um, on the fucking far right who have worked, yeah. who have made an effort to make yeah. that seem as though it is a contested point. And yeah. it's not. You'll, you'll see it, like, I've seen it on Reddit a few times uh, on some, like, on, on some, like, main uh, subreddits that you know, raise this up as if there's some fucking debate about it. And it's like, no, this is, it's just not fucking happening. I I have a friend, a friend who's an artist in an online community. And so she, and she ends up like, you know, drawing a bunch of like, you know, like avatars for folks for different, like, you know, web pages and shit like that. Yeah. And, um, she's like someone who's like done a lot of like the deviant art shit back in the day, like, you know, drawing fan art for people. 
And she's like, yeah, that's a legitimate conversation that people have on those sites like right now is because those are the places where people have sort of where, where, where that um, intentionally like uh, uh, intentionally falsified argument has been inserted in order to disrupt what are sort of more uh, queer welcoming communities. Yeah. And that's the whole point of it. Well, it. It is designed to both disrupt these communities and to raise suspicion against those communities. It's yeah, and it's it's essentially a modern yeah, it's a psyop and it's a modern version, you know, a modern incarnation of action that comes from this old libel that is used against queer people. And this is where it's getting very very concerning is uh you know, in particular, there was a there was an event in Salem, Oregon. It all it's always in fucking Oregon. Um, it's always fucking Oregon. Where uh, this like known um, uh, person of color who like helps fascists um, essentially was making that connection between like the Democrats and the LGBTQ people who are going against God and, you know, who are a threat to children. And this is, this is a canard that is thrown around all over the world in Russia too. You know, the whole like anti-queer propaganda law, you know, to defend the children. Right. So this is a very commonly used canard to smear queer people but but, that's not a new thing i mean like through the entirety of of the last yeah i mean mean, honestly so my entire fucking life i've seen the whole thing of you like the uh like transgender bathroom laws where it's you know yeah the, the one story that always stuck out to me is it was just some random dude who decided he was gonna be a vigilante and went to a woman's restroom and was checking everyone's ids on the way in and Ugh. a bunch of fucking women were like, uh, this is not fucking okay. There's some, like, just dude outside of the bathroom who's standing there armed, checking my fucking ID, getting my fucking name, getting my birthday, getting my address, like, just to make sure. That. That, like, and, and what ended up happening is that this guy ended up harassing this woman who was, uh, you know, assigned female at birth, identified as female. But he decided that she didn't look like a woman, and so he was just harassing her and wouldn't let her enter the bathroom. And that's kind of what this has sort of sprung from as far as like a right-wing mindset of these people who like, yeah, no, like I I can tell when someone is, you know, like yeah, a, a deviant. That's how they see them. Right. It's it's being but the thing is we're seeing a lot of these things that that have been sort of separated starting to come together. You have the QAnon people, um, you have the fascists who like go on marches, you have the militias which are related to the fascists but not, they don't line up perfectly, um, and those militias have been doing more vigilante action. As we um, saw fucking Kenosha, which we're gonna have to talk about in a later episode. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We, we have to already over time. Um, and so what I, and, and like there, there is a, you know, with the fascists and QAnon in particular, there is this deep desire for genocide. Um, and so what we're seeing is this combination of it. Is is that like, that's, I think that's the main point of this is that 
Yeah. It's what the end goal of the QAnon stuff is. And it's it's um it's 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 the day of the rope. It's waiting for that yeah. um I mean, God, I think about the fucking Rwandan genocide, and that's honestly what I kind of picture in my head of just these people driven to a not not some militarized, industrialized genocide like we've seen in countless nations, not a military-sponsored genocide like we saw against the native folks in this country, but just people driven into the streets of just go kill your neighbors because they're evil. And that's, I think, what we are getting driven to what, what, what the QAnon phenomena is driving people toward is this sort of yeah. uh this this bloodlust and I, I unfortunately have seen it amongst my friends i've had people i know who post online about like you know just you know and stuff that like you know go kill your local pedophile and stuff like that and it's like you should like you know pedophiles should be prosecuted and you know charged and treated as criminals well treated as a risk to the community as a risk to the community yeah um you shouldn't get some random tip online from an anonymous person that your neighbor is a satanic pedophile and go chop them up with a machete and that's unfortunately what I think a lot of this shit is leading toward is going to be yeah. – um, I mean the, years ago there was a talk about like um, these right-wing folks creating hit lists of leftists. Yeah. And I honestly kind of expect someday soon when the QAnon fervor has gotten high enough that these lists are going to be published by some QAnon account that says – these people are the, you know, the, the the local dangerous pedophiles in your community. The government's not going to do anything. Go take matters into your own hands. With names and addresses and all that happy crappy. Yeah. And you're going to see pretty willing um, purges. I mean, genocide. Yeah. That, you know, that I, I think that that is the natural result of this course of events, um, which is why we're talking about it now and we're talking about um, preparation. I want to talk about preparation. I, I don't know if you have something else you feel we need to touch on. Um. I, 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 I want to just uh, a few brief more thoughts on like the QAnon shit. Um, just it's a cult and it speaks to a lot of people because the the message they are pretending to espouse of protect kids, the whole like save the children marches, all this shit is stuff that we all legitimately do care about. I mean, I read any of the Epstein shit and it turns my fucking stomach. Yeah. But when you take that and say, well, I have nothing to base this off of, but uh, Hillary Clinton once skinned a child and wore its face and made fun of it while she, you know, like, drank its blood. Like, if you believe that, you're on a different level of disconnect from the world around you, which makes it very easy to dehumanize the people that you see as your opponents or 
uh, I, in some sense, I think oppressors. And that shit scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> it and is. So it should. It is. Um, it's legitimately horrifying, and I think that there is, um, th- th- there is a sense among people, especially I think the uh, internet-driven American people, to uh, sort of have a fetishization of the horrors they can conceive of, and. I think this comes to play in a lot of you know actual like horror movies and shit like that, where it's like you know we 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 love seeing these horror movies where people are tortured horrifically and it's like oh my god this is yeah. just so grotesque. Um, but people also love to kind of fantasize about what their um, opponents or their uh, uh, political enemies are doing, and in doing so, they I think they fantasize about these. Uh, the most fucked up shit they can conceive of, and they're like, well, yeah, yeah, they're probably doing that. And that has been um, not yet militarized by a far-right group, but boy, it's getting fucking close. Yeah. So, I think that takes us to what do we do about this? Well, I think um, it takes us to what do we do when either the fires or the um, blood-frothing yeah. fascists are at your doors? Yeah, in some ways, um, I would say in a lot of ways, what you do is the, the same for both. Um, GTFO? So <laughs> well, uh, when it comes to your town, yes. Um, so... What do you need to do that? Well, you need a go bag. Uh, And, you know, if you're someone who's not really in the know, you're not like the sort of like closet prepper that that I am. Um, (laughs) Okay, I'm hardly in the closet about it. You're not. um, You're not. (laughs) um, I can see all the different disasters that are coming, and I would like very much to not suffer as much. And to help people, uh, help my neighbors and help people who, you know, my friends who uh, might be in a less fortunate uh, position than I am in those situations. So that's what a lot of it comes down to is. I also want to I want to distinguish the difference between like a uh, like survival plan for um, like legitimate apocalypse, which we've had some conversation about earlier, which is like, I mean, at this point, start planting a garden immediately. All of you. Oh, yeah. Um, And totally maybe. We had a bunkers episode, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Um, Don't worry about bunkers; they're useless. Um. <laughs> you know, but if you really want one, send us a message on Twitter, and we can talk about how to build bunkers. Yeah. Um. So, what we'll do is we're going to put a, a link into the description for this episode that I. Uh, goes through how to put together a go bag. Um, I found a good graphic. Uh, we'll also retweet that graphic uh, on our Twitter account um, that has like a color-coded list of, you know, what are the essentials, what is desirable, uh, you know, what's useful to have when putting together uh, what's called a three-day go bag. So um, sometimes it's also called a bug-out bag. 
I don't particularly like that term. But... Actually, um, and I have a different term for it that I've always used, which is a, um, a GTH bag, um, which is get to home bag. And the idea of that is that if you are out somewhere else and you have this bag in your car, that bag can get you back home. Yeah. Um, or if you're at home and you need to leave because home has become dangerous, that bag will get you to your secondary location. So there's a lot of 72 hour bag. It's fucking nice. Yeah. 72 (laughs) hours. Um, it's good to have it around all the time. Unfortunately, I have not been able to do that. Um, so if you right now is a great time to put one together, uh, if you have the resources, um, so you need to get a bag and put this stuff together. And this stuff is stu- it, it things like a three-day supply of food. Uh, think, things like MREs, if you want, or dry frozen food. Uh, Which is fucking like bars. bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Map, compass, um, a handgun, if you have one. Uh, and, and, and if you don't have a handgun, yeah. I mean, like, Put a knife in the bag, like a good sized knife. Oh, you I mean, should just... definitely have a knife, a survival but, knife. I mean, like, I, mean, I, yeah. I got, a, I got a fucking K bar in my. I, I realize, like, going through this list, that like my normal, like, just like I'm going camping backpack has all of this shit in it because I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I'm used to like when I go out camping, I plan. It's like, well, what happens if I break my fucking ankle out there? Because I've done solo hiking yeah. and solo camping and shit like that, and it's yeah. like, I mean. I carry a gun when I go out because, like, I am scared of fucking cougars while I'm out fucking camping because I'm out there by my fucking self. And so it's like, I mean, I I have shit like that already set up, but it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, this is just, this is what I have in my car when I go out into the fucking desert by myself. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. I'm going to bring a fucking gun. I'm going to bring water. I'm going to bring food. I'm going to bring stuff to make fire. Extra clothing just in case mine gets wet. And even, like, while camping, I mean, like, Bring extra pairs of socks. Bring extra underwear. Yeah. Bring yeah. an extra undershirt. Bring medication that you know you need. Pack that in your bag. Keep it ready. Yeah. Um, also, uh, important documents. If you don't have a passport, uh, if you can, get one. Uh, and also get the passport card with it. So that passport card allows you to go into Mexico or Canada, um, either by road or by boat. Also, um, I think... Um, I don't know if it's this month or next month that it goes into effect, but the, um, what the fuck is that called? The real ID shit. Well, I mean, it's been pushed out so and pushed out. Back? So, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't we'll followed see. that. I got mine so, taken care of a year ago and so I don't, I don't give a shit like about it right three, now, but there are three different classes of IDs though. So you can have the, the pre real ID, um, you can have a real ID, but then in a few states, you can also get what's called an enhanced uh, ID or an enhanced driver's license, um, which essentially doubles as one of those passport cards. Um, so if you have a passport and you live in one of these states like Washington or I think Minnesota is one of them, you can also get your enhanced driver's license that would allow you to uh, cross the border. into Even, even with Canada. COVID? Well, that is... Probably not, um, but uh, COVID is not going to last forever, um, and these are good <laughs> rules to follow. I mean, in the theory, future. it's not going to last theory, forever. It's hard to it's hard to even understand what the end of this pandemic will look like. But um, at some point, though, it will not be 
like at some point it will not be the, you know, a pandemic. Um, and when the borders are open again, um, these cards will get you through if you don't have a passport booklet with you. Um, other, you know, another important thing is cash and coins. Um, uh, yeah. So um, if you can, up to $1,000 in cash. $1,000 in cash is kind of the, the, the big number. Um, that's a lot for anybody. So obviously only do what you can. But um, there's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, we'll post links and resources for this. Um, you know, another thing I want to touch on because like we've, we've like really mentioned it in some ways and we haven't really fully covered it mm-hmm. is, um, a lot of people right now are asking, do I buy a gun? Um, my answer is the best time to buy a gun was like before the pandemic. Um, right oh, now yeah. is a terrible time to be buying a gun because the prices are through the roof and ammunition is basically impossible to find. With that being said, um, if you are, if you f- believe that you're like psychologically capable to possess and train with a firearm and you don't have to sell an arm and a leg to uh, get one, um, then yeah, you should get one. Um, and you should make it a priority uh, to train with it and to also have friends and comrades uh, whom you trust uh, who can help you do that. Yeah. And, um, I think it's also important to address the fact that if like if you do not believe you are um uh someone who should own a firearm, um, which I know I, I have several friends who I've talked to this about and yeah. they, they are like yeah. um no, I know me, I should not own a gun. I and several of them have mentioned they they, they go through uh dark areas in their lives where they are um would be uh, at risk for self harm. And yeah. um, I agree with them that they should not own firearms. Right. Um, in that case, you should really think about um, getting a can of mace, a good can of mace, and actually taking the time to not just have one, not just have one that you carry around, learn how to use it. Um, yeah. Get self-defense tools, those little like uh, metal darts. Um, learn how to actually do knife yeah. self-defense. Carry a folding knife. Um and I, and I also understand self-defense training, but I also um, understand the tools is not the same as having the training, but I also understand this advice is very different for, um, uh, white folks like myself or, uh, people of color. Cause yeah, carrying a knife, I can carry a knife all goddamn day. No cops going to give a shit about that. Yeah. And that's not the fucking same for everybody. True. So same with guns and I mean, legitimately same with fucking mace. So, um, find folks in your community that you can talk to, um, find folks. There are always folks who are willing to help train and teach and advise. Um, I bet, you know, a couple. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Um, and that gets to another, uh, I don't know. This will be the final thing for me is when it comes to material and training uh, preparation, uh, it's important that, especially if you are going to have a gun, that you also have the medical equipment necessary 
to treat a gunshot wound. Oh, um, yeah. no, that's important. You don't want to have a hole in your foot and not yeah. know how to treat that shit. <laughs> right. So these are going to be things like hyphen chest seals. and uh, Israeli bandages, um, although those are mostly just to get you from one place yeah. to another. So, you know, tourniquet, you know, compressed gauze. Uh, and I think it's Salox, the the hemostatic granules. Oh, um, um, yeah. I don't know what they're fucking called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so while if, you know, if in your own determination, uh, getting a firearm is a priority, uh, I think that you should make putting together what's called an individual first aid kit a higher priority than getting a firearm um, and learning how to use the materials that are in it. Very important. And I'm only doing this myself now. So like I'm trying to practice what I preach on this one. Well, an easy, an easy method for that too is just um like go on um I mean I, fuck it, go on Amazon because it doesn't matter if you give Bezos more money at this point. He has the most wealth in the world. Um and just order like a three pack of like cheapo first aid kits and then add to them. Like yeah. put, put well, in put in medication you need. Put in yeah. um, especially uh emodium is important. You know, it's a nice little chem cork to make sure you don't shit yourself if you get fucking diphtheria. Um yeah. add antihistamines because we're all allergic to shit. Um some actual good like trauma kits because not even worrying about yeah. gunshots, like you don't want to step on a fucking nail and not know how to treat that. And right. um now what's another what's one more? I need one more thing. Uh band-aids? It's usually band-aids in those <laughs> kits. Um I know. Too uh, many. Yeah. Silvadine. If you get a burn and the blister breaks open, put some silvadine on it, it'll stop it from getting infected. Yeah. Um Yeah. So trauma kits, though, are probably going to run about 80 to $130, depending on what's in them. So, uh, and whether you put it together yourself or whether you uh, buy completed kits. So we'll put more resources in the episode notes, but uh, this episode is already long over time. Um, so have you got anything else to add at the end, Trevor? Um, I just have one more joke. Um, it, it, it's short. It's a knock knock joke. I mean, every, everyone knows how fucking knock knock jokes go. It's really fucking okay, easy. Okay, just do it. Just okay, do okay, it. okay, okay. You start it. Start it. How am I supposed start to start it? it? I don't know what the joke is. Damn it! Start the joke. Come on. Knock knock. Who's there? I. You see the problem, right? It's a long road. It is a long road, and it is paved with my dead brain cells. <laughs> and we don't quite know where we're going, but boy, we're gonna get there together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for um, listening and for tolerating this hour and a half long episode. <laughs> yeah, and check us out on uh, our you know the website notes and also on Twitter, which is at longroadpod two because issues. All right. Talk to y'all later. Bye.